Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Crypto Sapiens. Today, we are talking with Regan, not Reagan. Let's make sure we get that right straight off the bat. Regan joins us to share her wonderful story of learning about crypto and falling deep down the rabbit hole, coming out the other end as an influential figure who is helping to break down barriers for new people to find their way into crypto, in particular women, through Astro Girls, an NFT project where she is a co-founder. We talk about getting started in crypto, being mindful of our health and wellness, opportunities in onboarding to DAOs, and becoming a contributor. As she says, people add value by being people. Without further ado, let's get started. Really excited to be here. I love Twitter Spaces, and um, it's been great speaking to both you and Jaris. So I'm really, I'm really just excited to chat. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to chat with you. So pre- prior to you know jumping on here, I've just been aside from you know doing some reading ahead of time. I was listening to as many pods that you've recorded, and it seems you've been pretty busy recently. Uh, we'll unpack all of that. Uh, you're a pro at this. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I was going to say, pre- prior to you mentioning that you complained about getting up early, I was like, well, if you don't have a toddler, you get to sleep in. But it doesn't sound like that's the case for you. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, no toddler, but I still find I still find myself up kind of... It's like I go to bed really late and I'm waking up early. So I'm just, you know, it, it's like a college thing, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Burning it at both ends is also a Web3 thing. So we need to be mindful. Well, yes. <laughs> burning it at both ends is definitely also a Web3 thing. Very good yeah. point. I, I remember back when I first started, uh, I'm not going to date myself too far back. But when I first started, I was just so excited for this space uh, just because it was so different. And again, we'll unpack that through your story. But, you know, I think it would to me it was like oh my gosh i just can't get enough of this like what else can i do and you see the impact you're making and it's it's hard to turn it off and hard not to turn it on right as you wake up absolutely i i would honestly say i, I relate to that because at least for me i never had twitter before crypto so mm-hmm. it's and especially cuz you know like influencer blah 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 micro influencer blah 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 like i find myself pretty often almost like feeling like I'm working a little even at like all hours of the day interacting with DMs planning meetings um and even though my when I was working in traditional finance that was a lot of hours um when I left the office I left the office right I would I would do like 12 hours but when I left the office I left the office so I think there's like definitely like a I don't know I I hate calling it like work-life balance or even work-life integration but I definitely think that Web3 can be a place where you're, it can be really exciting and really great, but also like a really, um, a, a space that almost accelerates burnout, I think, for a lot of people. Oh, man. Wow. I, okay. So you're probably going to hear me say wow a lot. 
because I think you're you are able to communicate things in such a nuanced but accessible way. Like I, I every everything that I've heard you, uh, you know, in 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 talking about, you know, whether it was an interview uh, about who you are or you know talking about Astro Girls, um, you just have a way in communicating that. So that was incredibly well said, and thank you for that. And maybe we'll even explore some of that today um thank you so, no, i really that that it really is such a, an incredible compliment so thank you that's really kind of you thank you very much oh you're very welcome so let's get started how did you come to learn about web3 and what were those first steps you took into the space of web3 yeah so i would say it really starts last fall when my brother was at ETH Lisbon and ran my brother, I was studying in abroad in Vienna. And my brother, I didn't know what he was doing in Lisbon. He said a conference for work. That's like kind of, I guess, how people, a lot of people in crypto talk to people who aren't like in crypto because we said like Ethereum, you know, ETH Lisbon, I would have been, my eyes would probably glossed over. But he really wanted to see me and I wanted to see him. And Vienna was actually, had just announced a lockdown. And I booked a flight to London Heathrow and begged him to come meet me out there. And he did. And this, because he had been, you know, staying in Lisbon for a bit longer, a couple weeks after ETH, uh, ETH Lisbon. And just during that time, uh, my brother's full time into crypto. And he had mentioned DAOs, even on the first night, he'd mentioned DAOs to me, Constitution DAO. And I kept asking him over and over, like, what does a DAO mean? I was really confused. But just like the a big part of that trip, or maybe even a small part of that trip was him talking about crypto. But a big part of that trip for me was me realizing he has so much freedom, right? Like we were able to travel for two weeks together all throughout, um, you know, London and all of Ireland. And he was just so free to do that with me while sustaining himself. And I think I was, I think I was a bit envious because I had already signed full time into a traditional finance job where I knew that that would never be the case and where I was just feeling like even in those two months when I had interned um, at the bank I was at, I felt very burnt out. And I sort of felt like, oh, well, I'm just going to enjoy my senior year just to then get thrown into work. Um, but I don't know. I didn't think about it much. And I returned to Vienna and then returned home. And I guess long story short, one day I'm just sitting there because I have like five weeks off from school. I'm broke. I spent all my money in abroad traveling. And maybe just more of that, that ruminating uh almost anxiety about like having to go to my job though I never expected this space to become a full-time gig but I just remember thinking to myself you know my brother said you can like make some money and learn about this crypto stuff I'd always wanted to but I had been avoiding it forever and long story short I joined he tells me to join index he's like I don't know much about DAOs but you should join index you know he's not a DAO contributor but he's like I know they're cool and I know index is really cool and that married really well with my structured products background so just long story short, I hop into the Discord and Cruz and Kind Eagle both make themselves available to me to meet one-on-one -on -one within the first day. And that was so incredible that both Cruz and Kind Eagle just spoke to me and made the time for me. They both encouraged me to make a Twitter and I had four followers, went to bed that night and posted this like really stupid tweet where it was like, hey, to my four Twitter followers, like... It's so weird and awkward posting on Twitter um, for the first time, but I'm just really glad that, you know, I'm like into Web3. 
that is a very, very, very big paraphrase. <laughs> but it was something... I hope it was a bit more succinct than that. And I remember I went to like a business development meeting at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time the next day. And Kind Eagle messaged me on Discord. He's like, did you see you have 300 followers on Twitter? And I go and I had 312 followers. I'll never forget. I have it screenshotted. And like that night, we got to like a thousand. And then that week, I think it almost it got to like a little over 4K, <laughs> which was just so insane. It was so um, surreal. And it's just really been accelerated from there. It's how I've gotten all my opportunities, how I've gotten all my jobs, how I've made the bulk of my friends is through my Twitter presence. So I really owe it to the people in Index, but particularly Cruise and Kind Eagle um, for, for encouraging. Kind Eagle is my first follower on Twitter. Cruise really accelerated those network effects. So I I owe a lot to, to them. And I think it's a big just ethos of how Index operates as well. Yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing story. So... You know, I think for someone, you know, I'll speak for myself personally, for someone who has been building this space for some time and trying to grow my own personal network here on Twitter, I can speak to the difficulty of doing that. So it, I think, speaks even more about who you are and the influence and the impact that you had on the people you talked to, uh, I think, and really maybe even the... Um, Kind of the the, the 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 mindset that you came into this space that allowed you to flourish so quickly, and really, I think it sounds like you had such wonderful uh, supporters behind you that helped you grow, but more importantly, made you feel welcome. Yeah, I think that's that's a huge part of it. I remember I didn't even think to ask for a one on one. I remember when Eagle we were messaging back and forth in the introduction channel, right? Because the whole reason they found me is because I just went right to the introduction channel on Discord and I had never really used Discord and Kai Eagle was on it, right? Like he, he saw me, I mentioned I go to USC, we bonded over that. And then he said like, hey, you should like reach out if you need any introductions, etc. And I was like, oh yeah, these are like real people. <laughs> these are real human beings. And I can reach out to them and have one-on-ones because I remember looking at the Discord right before he replied and being, being really overwhelmed uh, because it's like a, it's a kind of a confusing interface, I think, for someone who isn't used to it, and let alone when an entire um, organization is, is functioning through it. Um, so I was really, I was really thankful for that. Yeah, that's great. So obviously familiar with Index and with some of the folks over there and what they're working on, which is really incredible. Um, why index? Was it did it have to do with your background in finance and that just made sense to you? Or was there another calling there that really drew you to that project? I think so the why index question for me is a more why I love everyone there and why I stay. But you know, it was actually a very random choice because my brother, I was because Dow, like, is DAOs are so hard to find. If you type in DAO on 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 the internet, you're gonna find like articles about DAOs, but nothing where you can find an actual DAO to contribute to. Most likely, I had no idea where to start. I didn't have a Twitter. I didn't really understand how to find it online. And so, I oh, if it wasn't for my brother, I wouldn't have even found Index in the first place. And so my brother just had asked around on my behalf. So he asked people in the ecosystem who had a lot of respect for index, which then they told me about because they had a lot of respect for it, right? 
But I think for when it becomes like why index, that question for me is more like why I stay and why I um, why I contribute. And even though it's like a very low touch contribution, I always like joke around and like the like the biggest like fake index contributor because I've been really busy, but like all my friends are there is because the people there are so incredible. The onboarding experience is really unique and really clear, which I think for a lot of DAOs that I sort of shopped around in wasn't the case. Um, And so for me, my why index is just because the people there are incredible. And yes, of course, like my structured products background, me being able to understand indices really helps and was something that drew me to them at least to stay. But I'll never forget my brother, I just texted him and he just wrote like, in the index coop or cooperative, however you want to call it. And I was like, okay, now what? He had to like hold my hand a lot through it. So again, if it wasn't for that in-person connection, I wouldn't be here. So that's also something that um, I'm really thankful for and that not a lot of people have, of course. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to try to think back to my own personal experience and it feels like forever ago, but I agree with you. One of the things that to me was the most impactful were the people that were already in my life the people that i got to connect with in you know in 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 the real world right not not necessarily in the virtual world um when i first got into uh you know into the crypto space i got in purely uh as a speculator i was like oh bitcoin new asset class let's let's see what that's about and but it wasn't until several years ago after really just trying to be intentional about my own personal research and going to meetups that I got to meet people that made the topic of blockchain and cryptocurrencies and decentralization understandable, right? Because I think you can fall into a rabbit hole and end up in a space that's very complicated. Uh, So it's great to hear that you had people in your network of trust, in your circle of trust, like your family, like your brother, who were able to do the same for you. And then that your first experience, uh, there were people that were willing to kind of continue that type of onboarding uh, for you. And sounds like that's just, you know, par for the course for them. Absolutely. I, I would say that, you know, my brother was the person that introduced me, but it was absolutely people in this space um, that kept me here, right? That taught me, so much about what I know because I mean I joined a DAO and I didn't really even know. I, mean, I remember joining Index and I like it was like I don't okay what's going on here you know I hadn't even really looked at like what Index is. I was just really interested in more of what a DAO was and then maybe that's kind of a backwards way of learning about it. But I think that um, again, it's the people here that I think it's just so important like getting people here right. I talk about mm-hmm. visibility a lot. I talk about just people a lot and. I think the getting people here is still, even with my own NFT projects, like still the biggest question. It's like, okay, well, we can onboard women, but you know, we can help them get a MetaMask. Um, but even ha- even having them like that crypto adjacent is so much more crypto adjacent than I was in my traditional finance structured products job. And I have to ask myself, like, if me, someone who knew so much about the fin- about financial systems, at least the tra- in the traditional sense, you would think I'd be like the perfect silo into more like decentralized finance, and I wasn't. And none of my friends were, particularly none of my none of my female friends. So I definitely still struggle with that. How do we? get more people to even know about what a DAO is or to know about um, NFTs beyond the noise, to break through the noise. 
Yeah. So I'm going to uh, go back to something you said earlier as well, but I do, I think, want to connect it with what you're saying now, which is, you know, the uh, friction, I guess, in understanding decentralized finance products, but also just decentralized technologies and communities as well. You were talking about the difficulty in, I guess, figuring out, first of all, what are DAOs and then trying to figure out what DAOs to uh, to to join. Um, you know, talking about if you Google DAOs, you probably wouldn't get anything that is meaningful or significant in someone's journey uh, into joining a DAO or even just learning what it is to then make that choice to join a DAO. What do you think we're missing? Um, and, and, you know, what do you think that um, even you can do, like with what, like uh, the project like Astro Girls? Like, is it something that needs to necessarily be, uh, you know, more intentional in the way that we write, in the way that we uh, share content on social media? Like, what, what do you think we're missing here uh, that we can improve just generally in the ecosystem to make, under, you know, understanding this very complex to topic more easy for uh, new members and anyone interested in this space? Yeah, I I think on my end, the way I measure it is I actually use my sister as a gauge. I, I can't imagine going trying to relearn all of this. I feel like my learning was so discombobulated. Although I had a lot of really great mentors, I never knew where to start because where do you start? So many of my mentors you know, we're, we're there for DeFi summer or, or we're even, you know, coders slash developers. And then, you know, then they kind of, you know, we're here for a while and then DAOs and NFTs became bigger and they had this sort of linear learning model. Me, I joined a DAO first before I even really understood anything about blockchain. I would probably even say I'm still, I mean, I'm taking a blockchain class at my school. Um, but I would say... I didn't even understand the fun the day I joined you probably for that week. I didn't understand like the differences between like Ethereum and Bitcoin and just what a smart contract is, etc. So there's not really like a great linear learning model. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is there needs to be better infrastructure. Right now, you still need to be quite technical and dedicate a ton of time to understanding it versus, you know, when I think about the internet, like I always joke around, I have no idea what like HTML stands for. And I have no idea how the internet actually works. You know, sometimes I, I think maybe I try to understand it a little bit more now. But I was using the internet, what, at like 10 years old? And I had no idea how it worked. But the interface and infrastructure was, was so well done, it didn't matter. It just worked. And I obviously think Web3 is a bit different. You probably have to understand a bit more low down, even when we get to a higher, more mass adoption level. But with that said, I think that when I, when I brought up my sister is because when I think about, well, how would I teach her? I, I always struggle with, I don't even know where to start, which is kind of why I, why we created Astro Girls because it's like taking people through a cohort. I, I think at least now you need to be handheld through this process unless you're really, really a self-starter with a lot of time. Most people have jobs, families, especially when we're trying to onboard more diverse folks, they don't have time. And so... I think for people who have a lot of time and are really self-motivated and are okay with maybe not are dedicating time and not making money, it's 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 can be figured out. But we have to take out that that really high cost of of emotional like kind of just it's it's laborious to try and figure out where to start. I mean, I advocate a lot with like starting with like 
you know, DeFi because that's where I started. But I always try to challenge that, like what's best for other people? How am I biased as someone with a finance background? So the TLDR of that is, I think people, I think the infrastructure is still very poor. I think you still need to be incredibly technical to understand this space, which is a big blocker to a lot of people who are just a tell themselves they're non-technical and are afraid of those technicalities like I was and probably still am a bit. And so I think that that's a huge barrier and blocker. And that's hence why I guess to connect it a bit more to like you said, my project, why we are trying to have a cohort style because we're trying to see, well, what's the best way that we can foster this participation in a way that is safe and a way that is communicative and in a way that is effective. So, I guess what I'd like to unpack here, and you talked about the infrastructure. You know, I think Chase Chapman is one of the people that has said this, at least that I've seen saying this more regularly. And it's, we need to stop talking about the protocol uh, so much and worrying about like the, uh, you know, what it runs on top of. Like, you know, like you were mentioning the internet, it just works. We don't need to know how HTML works. We just know that it works and we can use it. And so, we need to just start building uh, the application layer, if you will, on top of Web3. And these applications come in many different ways, you know, whether they be NFT projects that um, you know, people uh, have some sort of affinity for or just really like uh, the designer or the project's intention or just anything else, just really allowing for a much more uh, friendly uh, user experience when you're coming in versus start talking about, you know, things that are very complicated that may dissuade some people from participating. What are some of the examples that you've seen uh, that would be considered uh, really good applications of Web3 that don't necessarily get so deep into the nuts and bolts of Web3? I hope I'm not misunderstanding the question, but I would even say writing. Or even tweeting. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe this is also very skewed because of how I started. But I mean, I was learning and talking to people um, before I had any idea what was going on. And I was just, I, I'm a really huge advocate of learning in public because, you know, there's that like saying, like, if you say something wrong, if you say something right, like you're not really, no one's really going to interact with it. But if you say something wrong, everyone's going to jump on it and 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 really go into like, like they might even write a thread just to explain to you why you're wrong. And I think that for better and for worse, I had a lot of that. And so I think for me, a lot of great applications of Web3 are not even necessarily like work, or maybe it's just even learning. There's a lot of really great applications of Web3, even just being on crypto Twitter, listening to spaces. I think we have this like really high emphasis, and I think we should, right, of like bounties and people getting paid, because I think that's something I really advocate for, and I think is really not well done yet. And I think it's why we've lost so many credible people in the space, because payment is often not clear. Um, mm -hmm. People will attend meetings and then not get paid. It's, and, you know, there's a lot of just, you know, that's a whole thing to talk about. But I would say there's like an under an underappreciation for just even maybe maybe lazy is not the word, the more passive ways of learning, more passive ways of contributing and adding value, commenting, getting to know people, um, even attending a conference and not 
I attended I attended a, couple, like a conference at East Denver. I don't think I walked into the main event once. Actually, I did once <laughs> for open. But <laughs> that was because my um, one of my, my the co-founders was speaking. I think there's so many incredible ways to add value. And I think that I try to emphasize that a lot because I think I add a lot of like non-technical value per se. But I think communicating, being kind and compassionate, onboarding, there's a lot of these softer skills that I think are underappreciated. Um, and I think that are just really great ways to add value. People add value by being people. And mm-hmm. I think that that's just a huge thing to emphasize. Um, you don't need to be inherently building or developing to be learning and contributing immensely to the space. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, I think, you know, to the point of ETH Denver, uh, one of the things that I really like about that community and that project is the way that they distribute ownership uh, to that event. And I think one of the things that Web3 really uh, is is what makes it very different from the traditional uh, Web2 kind of way of operating is ownership, right? And to your point, finding ways for people to more easily uh, contribute and earn, uh, not just uh, get getting better at uh, aligning incentives, but also uh, sharing equity to those individuals. So they have a piece of the pie of the project so that they can uh, become owners of these projects uh, and not just necessarily incentives, right? So I think that, yeah, I agree with you. I think it doesn't have to be completely technical, but definitely there needs to be um, you know, better alignment both between the projects and their contributors but also uh, in terms of the incentives and just making it easy and fair uh, and equitable, right? So that we're not necessarily just uh, getting free labor (laughs) because that's the opposite of what we're trying to be building here. (laughs) It's so important because sometimes I think that some of these like Web3 initiatives or or the kind of like Web2 initiatives like in, you know, cloaking themselves as Web3 where they, that's exactly, they're they're not being equitable. They're not distributing ownership it's more so like oh they're like paying people for work and it's which is good we should people should be getting paid but like you said i think there is at least a lot of a disconnect um and even i sometimes ask myself like what even is really a dao and do a lot of people who help started daos or even lead a dao is that an oxymoron like what even is a DAO? I think that there's still a lot of confusion in the space, in the people who have been a part of this for a while, with some of the people who are trailblazers. I think there's still a lot of confusion as to like what constitutes a, a well-functioning DAO. I think that that also contributes to an onboarding issue because I still think it isn't even that clear, um, personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can like definitionally go through like what a DAO is. I mean, I wrote about it, but Sometimes even in practice, I think sometimes we get lost and we find ourselves <laughs> behaving in a very like web two traditional way. So there are definitely some organizations out there which really just feel like a digital organization, but without, you know, a lot of that ethos of web three and which is really about um, equity, transparency um, and about shared community, collective ownership. Yeah, so let's touch on you on something you you just shared now, which was the um, way that Astro Girls seeks to onboard, um, you know, your more people into the space, right? So you're talking about cohorts. Can you walk us through, you know, 
how that's been developed, you know, the intention behind that and where you are at today uh, with those cohorts. Yeah, absolutely. So in full transparency, that actually wasn't the initial idea. Or maybe maybe it was, but the, we didn't exactly know how to execute it. And I think that that's um, also something that I've been really thankful for is the community that we've curated. Whenever we make pivots or adjustments, it's always in it's always discussed with them, and and their feedback is appreciated because we want it to be um, in a sort of way where they are a part of this community. But yeah, long story short, we realized okay, we want to do something where we onboard more women into Web3. And something I say is people say, well, there's tons of women onboarding projects. And I say, who cares? <laughs> I say, good. I hope there's more. I hope another one is created today and then tomorrow and then next week. Because I think that at least so, like this kind of NFT space, like I'm personally in so many different women communities, I don't think that that's a negative. I think it's a positive. So I liked our approach because we were just trying to, we weren't like sitting here, well, how, how do we differentiate? It was more so, how do we learn from the people who have have done tremendous things and then optimize on mistakes that they share with us, pivots, of, pivots that they wish they had taken? You know, I remember speaking to the Sheet 256 co-founders and the, I think that they're incredible and asked them about their mentorship program and being like, what do you, what was great? what was not great? What was something you wish you knew when you were starting? And these honest conversations have really contributed so much to our project. But yeah, really what we're trying to do is we decided we're going to make ideally cohorts where we're starting with the first one. And we are trying to make it so that, well, okay, there's a lot of information out there, but people are having trouble finding that information, but also having the infrastructure and community to process that information. So we're doing it in a very kind of social way, a social learning model, if you will, as a cohort where we're connecting people with each other, pairing them with other uh, mentees to make friends, pairing them with a mentor, um, either in within AGS or, or maybe even not, who is willing to teach them and help them. And our end goal is that they can be either employed or making money through Web3. If they have no interest in that, that's fine. It's a kind of participate how you feel type of cohort vibe. And we just want to make ourselves available. You know, like this week, I'm leaving our like, uh, with with two other um, people who are helping contribute with me, um, we're leading a, you know, welcome to Web3 session where we're going to be sharing slides, and we're going to just be talking, it's going to be a conversation, people can come up and ask questions, because at least for me, I, I'm not a big reader. <laughs> I never have been. <laughs> I, 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 I try to get more into it, but I'm, I'm a listener and I, I like to interact. Um, so we're trying to make it interactive. And then that, we're also having layer three bounties that pair with our education content so that people can, um, you know, make a little bit of money, but also, you know, like so we're deploying our treasury, but also that they are using a, a really great platform and, and actually applying their knowledge and we have a few other things coming up, which we're super excited to share. So this week is week one. It, it's going to be 10 weeks. So we're probably going to even add more. And then it's the question of, well, how do we keep fostering community even after that? How do we keep onboarding more women? Um, so there's still some questions that I wouldn't say are unanswered, but more so that we are figuring out as we go. And I we've just been really blessed to have such a supportive community. And um, it's a great way that I spend my time. I'm so thankful that it's a, it's a big part of how I spend my time. Um, and so far, there, there's been no regrets. And um, I'm excited to see in the ways that we strive and also in the ways that we fail, how, how we can improve for the next cohort. 
Well, that's great. And I'm excited to kind of see the Astro Girls project continue to flourish, uh, as well as your kind of platform continue to grow, uh, not just on Twitter, but across the Web3 space. I think it's inspirational uh, to see uh, different types of people represented in this space, uh, really taking ownership in these conversations and facilitating you know, the the space to just more people that uh, may be more aligned to someone like yourself than maybe someone like me. And then the next person that learns from you or me taking that message and just continue to propagate that, um, you know, based on, you know, our, our own little nuanced way of interacting with the information and with the technology and the projects that we continue to grow in this space. So uh, I'm very excited for all of that. Um, if there were a few parting words on your end in terms of like what you've learned and what you hope to see in this space to continue to uh, grow and innovate, what would what would that be? Yeah, I would say... Um... I even mentioned this in a tweet, not everyone has to be dedicated to onboarding, but to if if the goal is mass adoption, if the goal is to get more people in here, onboarding has to be effortful. And onboarding has to be diverse. And that includes men, that includes women, it includes everyone. So I think my biggest advice is you don't need to necessarily be, you know, <laughs> contributing or starting an onboarding project. But I think... Um, I think effort is important. And I think that um, it's always like be the change you wish to see. And I think that, you know, if you um, maybe see like a diverse project um, and you maybe don't fit that particular community model, maybe it's like more targeted for women or people of color. I still think trying to show support um, or offering, you know, mentorship, et cetera, if, if you're able to, right, is, is something really instrumental because I think it, um, it it's incredibly helpful. We've had a lot of people offer um, to help us and be really instrumental um, mentors for us. And so I am really thankful for that. So I guess my parting words are, if you are in this space and you want to see more people in this space, um, it takes effort, but the effort is worth it. And I also think that just keep also at the same time, just keep doing you. I think sometimes we take things so seriously and a lot of things are serious and a lot of things are really important, but um, there can be a lot of stress sometimes that we put on ourselves, especially um, people who post a lot on Twitter, micro-influencers like myself, um, or even people who are building and constantly trying to meet deadlines. Um, I think things are working out. I think things are panning out really well. Um, and so I think, yeah, just also be easy on yourself and just keep enjoying it because I think also natural joy and our success will also bring more people here as well. So I guess that's my parting words. Like if you're just also be honest, if you're enjoying it, be honest. If you're not also be honest, that's how we make things better. It's how we improve. So, and if you be the change that you wish to see, and if you wish to see more people in the space, it does require a conscious effort. And there are people that you can team up with who are make already making that conscious effort. That's a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you'd like to learn more about Regan and to connect with her, follow her on Twitter at ReganNotReagan. And to learn more about Astro Girls, go to astrogirls.wtf and on Twitter at astrogirls underscore NFT. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. Please give us a follow, like, and a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcast. And stay tuned for our next discussion. Yeah.